Welcome, friends, to the We Believe podcast. My name is Brother James. This is season two. In season two, Pastor and I are going to be walking through a class that, that we did, and it was a class on soul winning. Today, what we're going to talk about is preparation for soul winning. The most important thing about preparation is spiritual preparation. So come along on this journey with us in season two. We hope you enjoy. Folks, again, welcome to season two of the We Believe podcast. Uh, joining me uh, for season two, Pastor Johnny Che, pastor of Heritage Baptist Church. Pastor, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Yes, great to be here. So in the introduction, we talked about the introduction to soul winning. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, we're taking uh, information from a class that we did here at church. Right. Uh, a six-week uh, class that we did on soul winning. And uh, the, the first part of this, I think it would be important for us to get into the topic of preparation. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if we're not prepared, um, first and foremost, spiritually, uh, but even practically, then we're not going to be very effective. Right. Because there are so many, we're, we're in a spiritual battle when it comes to soul winning. And there's a lot of no's when you go up to a door that yeah. are going through people's mind. Maybe they just woke up or they're eating breakfast or they have to go somewhere. So when you are prepared, you can take a lot of those no's out of the way. And that's what we're trying to do. When we get up to a door, which we'll talk about today, how to, how do you even approach a door? Right. Um, when we get up to that door and we knock or we ring the doorbell, uh, or we press the button on that scary video doorbell. Um, we want to make sure that we have removed as many distractions as possible. There's going to be distractions, but not, not preparing is going to add to that. Uh, and we don't want to give the devil anything else to use in his arsenal to distract at the door. So we'll go over practical preparation throughout the series. We'll go over mental preparation because a lot of people have uh, fear when they go up to a door or when they think about winning souls. Uh, But spiritual preparation is the most important. Um, Without the spiritual preparation, we're going to fail every single time. And what I love about the spiritual preparation is anybody can be spiritually prepared. Sure. Um, Love is needed and anybody can love. Uh, Prayer is needed and anybody can pray. Uh, Acts 4.31 says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. So they started with prayer. They certainly had love for the people. Uh, But then they had a desire. They had a desire to go out and to do something more. So because they were spiritually prepared, they then went out and spake the word of God with boldness. And since anybody can pray, since anyone can love and anyone can have a desire, anybody can be a soul winner. So we hear a lot of excuses of, mm-hmm. no, I can't be a soul winner because this, this right. and that. Well, it's a command. And the Lord wouldn't give a command to all of his followers if even one of his followers couldn't fulfill that command. Is it safe to say then that you can practically focus on the spiritual and you can spiritually be prepared to be practical? Oh, absolutely. In other words, I we were recently watching, a, the kids and, and us were watching a, a documentary on Amy Carmichael. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because what she was seeing when she first got there, she saw early on, this is going to be a battle. Yeah. And... Obviously, we don't know the, the exact events of what happened, but even in the little documentary, they, there's a little child that runs up and is obviously very frantic, 
and it gets taken away by these people. And, and her immediate reaction with the group that she's with is just, we just have to pray. They just dropped and prayed. Wow. We, we won't be able to do anything for these people if we don't first pray. Mm-hmm. We can be over here. We can be prepared. We can have all the tools and have all the material. We can have a place set up and we can we can have all these things. But I think she recognized right away that we have to pray. This is this is serious. Right. Because there is practical preparation that you need and there is mental preparation. Yeah. I My heart flutters a little bit every time I knock on a door. Sure. Uh, you know, knocking since I've I think once a week, at least since fifth grade, um, you know, and definitely since seventh grade, you see a lot of things and you run into a lot of objections and some, some interesting situations. So I have that practical preparation. I have my new Testament. I have my tracks. I have my pen, you know, all those different things. I have my mental preparation of, um, how to knock, how to field certain objections. And that's great. But even if I have all of those things down, but I am not spiritually prepared, I don't believe I'm going to be effective. I have led plenty of people to the Lord, and I've seen plenty of people be led to the Lord from a soul winner who did not have their New Testament or did not have tracks on them, but they were spiritually prepared. They were just soul conscious looking for somebody to lead to the Lord. Now, Saturday is our our church-wide soul winning. Right. And what I try to preach from the pulpit here. And what our people have really jumped in on is that soul winning is not just Saturday at 10 a.m. That's right. It's all the time. Uh, it's seeing the cashier as more than a cashier. That's a soul. It's seeing the waiter and the waitress as more than a waiter and a waitress. It's a soul. It's a soul. Um, so soul winning is more about availability than it is ability. It's so more about love than it is knowledge. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's talk about that for a minute because um, – I think I think we mentioned this even in the class. Um, it, it isn't so much who you are, but who you're representing. But you hit it. You hit it on the head. I think um, we certainly we all have. We talked about this recently in church. Uh, you did um, the different abilities or, or talents that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that willingness is really what God's looking for when it comes to sowing. Right. I remember when I first got saved, uh, and I was in the Navy. And when you're especially young, young in the Navy or newly in the Navy, um, you follow commands pretty much when they're given. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, you should always do it when you're in the military, right? Um, but I, I was a young sailor, and I remember uh, the man that led me to the Lord. And it was, I think it was, I don't know if it was the same weekend or the very next weekend. It was like, all right, we're going soul winning now. It's like, yes, sir. Yep. I, I didn't, you know, I just was obeying. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is maybe part that gets lost a little bit nowadays is that I think that there's, Everyone wants to be spiritual, uh, but they forget that, you know, obeying is is pretty practical, too. Well, certainly. And to go along with that, a lot of people, when they hear that command, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Immediately they think of, well, I don't have the practical knowledge or I don't have the mental preparation. Like no one's ever shown me mm-hmm. how to lead somebody to the Lord and I don't have a New Testament, so I'm right. not going to go. Or, oh, I don't have any tracks on me, so I'm not going to talk to that person. And while those things are important, when the Lord said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, he said that with the understanding that as long as you pray Mm. and as long as you love souls and as long as you love him and you have a desire to see somebody saved, you can be a soul winner. Right. We'll get into the practical things. We'll get into the mental approach. And you, those things help. Those things obviously help. 
but really, all that you need in order to be a soul winner is the spiritual preparation. So when you see our church is going out tomorrow or our church is going out Saturday at 10 o'clock, start Friday. You want to start praying at least by Friday. Lord, lead me to somebody. Have them be awake. When I knock on the door, who, whatever partner I have, let us let our personalities mesh. Let them have time to be able to talk um, and give me the right words to say. If they have any questions, help me to have the right answers. There have been plenty of times where somebody has asked a question at a door and I answer it. And then when I walk away, I'm thinking, where did that answer come from? Yeah. Like it was a good answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't have that. Uh, if somebody would have asked me that in any other type of scenario, I think it would have fumbled. Hmm. But when you are spiritually prepared, the Lord is there with you. There's no command. Yes, the Lord said go. But in that saying go, he's also saying come along with me. Right. We are partnering with his Holy Spirit. So remember always before you go out sowing, we're about to get into the practical approach. But remember, whenever you go out sowing, more importantly is being spiritually prepared. So the first practical lesson we're going to go over is how to approach a door. And while many people may think this isn't that important, a lot of people are watching. They, I know when somebody is about to walk up to my door. Very yeah. rarely does somebody press the doorbell without me knowing that they are there. Yeah. And part of me is just part of that is just because maybe I'm paranoid or something. <laughs> um, but then a lot of people have these video doorbells now where as soon as you walk from i don't even know what that's called the street sidewalk onto their walkway it tells them somebody is walking up to your door um you know there's an amazon package there and they're wondering are are you there to steal it or are you here to sell me lawn care are you a jehovah's witness what's going on right uh so how you approach the door is very important um And the first thing that I think of when I approach a door is what I wear. People make their first judgments about you based on what they see within what, what have you heard? I've heard within the first five to 10 seconds. Oh, it's, it's, it's early on. Right. Yeah. People have made their first impressions or, or taken their first impressions of you walking into a job interview. Um, that always made me so uncomfortable because the person would come up and they would shake my hand and immediately they would do the eyes at the head, eyes down to the feet, eyes back up to the head. And I knew that they were reading me like a book. So it's the same thing when you walk up to somebody's door. This is somebody's home, someone's private residence. So I don't want to look disheveled. Um, at the same time, I'm not going to walk up there in a three-piece suit and a bow tie. You know, yeah, because you're either, you know, FBI or you're, you know, if you got the black suit and the tie. <laughs> right. Or you're a Mormon or exactly. Yeah. So I wear casual pants or slacks and I wear a button down shirt or a polo. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe a tie is necessary. And I again, I avoid the white shirts. Um, I don't wear a hat, yeah. even though it's super hot down here and um, my forehead gets sunburnt during the summer. I don't wear a hat. Um, sometimes I do bring sunglasses, but I'm always going to remove those at the door. Even if the sun is straight in my eyes, I want people to see 
my face, my face entirely. Um, it's just those little things. Again, we're trying to remove the distractions. So I'm not a very intimidating person. I have no muscles on me or anything. But a, a kind little old lady who lives alone sure. and comes to the door and sees even me standing three feet away from her door with sunglasses on and a hat. She ain't answering the door. Right. So for the ladies, we always tell them to wear knee-length skirts or a dress to be modest, a modest top as well. So that's what to wear. But then what do you carry? What are your tools? Well, you always need to have a New Testament. Mm -hmm. One of the lessons we'll go through is how to map your New Testament yeah. uh, and make sure that it's a working tool for you. But you want to have a New Testament. You want to have tracks. Uh, you want to have a pen. And I avoid ballpoint pens and pencils because a lot of times tracks from churches have that kind of glossy yeah. uh, feel to it and just doesn't work well with a with a ballpoint pen. So I have a retractable Sharpie uh, pen. That Yeah, the ones that have like the more fine point or something. Right. You can just right. write and on Right, and that thing just works all the time. Now mm -hmm. I lost mine. I have no idea where it is. My son probably has it, but, sure. <laughs> but that's something. Um, I try to have something that freshens my breath. Not gum, because I don't want to be chewing at the door. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, so I usually have mints, or I like those Listerine packets, because mints can also jingle in your pocket. And again, it's all these little things, but you're trying to remove distractions. That's right. You just want to remove every single distraction. And silence your phone. That's a big one. Make sure you silence your phone, because yeah. the devil will make sure, the prince and power of this air is going to make sure that as soon as you get into a serious conversation with somebody, their phone is going to go off. Oh, yeah. And God forbid your phone goes off. Mm -hmm. um, we need to be prepared in that way. So make sure that your cell phone is off. Stay off the grass. Mm. Don't walk on people's grass. Um, I'm trying to grow grass right now in my yard. And my yard looks terrible. But I'm trying to get it to look better. So, you know, there's a walkway for a reason. Stay on the walkway. Especially if you have kids, you know, and things like that. Maybe the person won't care. Maybe they will. So just all those little things to watch out for. In the air, and when you're in the uh, military in some of the bigger bases like Virginia and San Diego, they've got signs everywhere that say, dogs and sailors keep off grass. <laughs> Thought you'd like that one. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, that's those, those are little things that and kids often forget because they see grass and they just want to run through. Right. Uh, but that's, you know, somebody's trying to maintain not everybody but people are trying to maintain their yard and you know, sure. want to be respectful of that sometimes it means you got to walk like around the cars because there's not enough room between the you know you just you just got to be smart about it and just, right just think it through a little bit but yeah well it reminds me of a story there was we were always taught in high school you don't you don't walk on people's grass yeah. well sometimes you have driveways that are split by maybe five feet of grass so you can walk through that little five feet of grass or you have to walk all the way around, all the way down Just to do the side sidewalk, shuffle. Right? So my friend decides, no, I'm not going to walk all the way around, but I'm not going to walk in the grass either. I'm going to jump this five-foot span. Oh, no. So it's winter up in Illinois. He jumps, hits a thing of black ice. Feet go out from under him. Tracks go everywhere. He bangs his head on the driveway. Probably best just to... Yeah. Walk around. Go around. <laughs> Take <laughs> so, the extra 10 seconds. Exactly. Uh, so little things like that. Sure. Now, let me ask you this. Mm. You walk up to the door, and uh, it's a nice house, nice neighborhood, and you see a no soliciting sign. What do you do? I, I typically will still approach the door. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason is because I've just 
earlier on when I was younger and I was a little bit maybe more timid, um, I, maybe I wouldn't. I would just maybe leave a track. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found more often than not, sure, there's going to be some people where you knock and, and they may make, make a, a deal about it because mm-hmm. they've got the sign up. Uh, but I actually haven't had that experience. Mm-hmm. I'd say about 80, 90 percent of the time, if someone comes to the door, they haven't given me a hard time about it. Sure. Uh, I think once somebody realizes, A, I'm not there to sell them anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not being pushy about anything. Um, it's just an invitation. Yeah. A lot of times they'll say no thank you or just not, you know. Uh, and other times, you know, I've gotten into conversation. Um, if you know, I'd probably have a no soliciting sign, excuse me, on my door if it wasn't so tacky because yeah. I don't want those salespeople <laughs> either. Um, so I again, that's my personal preference. Now, if they've got ten no soliciting signs, never approach my door, I'll kill you. I'll probably just leave the track and pray yeah. for them. <laughs> at least, at least leave a track. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I would say. I, I guess as pastor, is I think that um, look, if, it, if that makes you uncomfortable, I understand. You uh-huh. know, leave a track. You know, obviously, God knows the situation. Uh-huh. But, um, but that's me personally. I just knock. What's yeah. going to come is going to come. I mean, obviously, if they're not interested, uh, that's. But I, I think the majority of the time, those signs are up a because they don't want to be sold something, and mm-hmm. they don't want the Jehovah's Witnesses coming. I think that's what it is, and and we aren't selling anything, and that's why I'm not afraid to knock either. The way I approach it is, let's say every single house, because that's the way it's going. Yeah. Let's say every single house in Corpus Christi had a no soliciting sign. Would we stop door knocking? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. No, no, yeah. no, we would not at all. The early church knew. When I go door to door and when I go in every house, it's very possible that I'm going to be speaking to a Jew mm-hmm. who can then go to the Sanhedrin, who can then get me killed and executed. Right. And they gladly went everywhere and spread the gospel. So I am not, I'm not going to let a little sign uh, keep me. Now, I want to be very courteous sure. when I go up. I'm not going to be sarcastic with them. If, if they bring up the sign, I'm not going to try to shoot it down. This is their property. Uh, but at the same time, I want to make sure that if it's in any way possible to get the gospel uh, into their hands. So, yeah, yeah that's exactly uh, what I would do as well. Uh, so go up to the door, uh, knock, make sure that when you knock, you be prepared. Uh, my knock is the shave and a haircut knock. No two bits. Without the just two the, bits, yeah. Yeah. Just right. that knock right, right. there. Um, I never skip a door um, when I go up. We stand there. I try to stand a little bit away from the door. I don't want to be too close. Again, right. somebody somebody's going to look through, and if they're too if you're too close, they may not answer. So I always stand about five six feet away from the door with my silent partner right behind me, and uh, watch what you say because again, video doorbells they can hear everything that you say. Yeah, watch the conversations you're having as you're walking up to the door. Exactly. Let's, let's not be talking about you know the football game coming up the next day or you know or even. But certainly, let's be careful about, you know, what you're saying about somebody's property or, right. you know, I would never have a car like that. Right. <laughs> you just, so, um, you know, you got to think about those things nowadays, right? You're right. There's, you're always being watched and always being recorded. Exactly. And even if you weren't, why are we talking about the football game when we're yeah. trying to lead someone to the Lord? Right. We can't be distracted. Um, we need to be, what do you do if they, What do you do if they have a, a like a, one of those screen doors or storm doors? Do you open it to knock on the middle door? Or do you just... I, I don't. I lately I haven't been. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. I, if they have that that secondary door, mm-hmm. 
I just either try to knock on that or just or just use the doorbell. What do you think about that? I, I don't want to open somebody's door. I have been I, I have been ringing the doorbell a lot more often. Have you lately? I used to only knock because I always heard the term "strangers ring and friends knock." Gotcha. Um, but we've got some big houses down here, right? And if they're up in the second bedroom somewhere, I could knock like the police, and they're not going to hear. So I use the doorbell. Yeah. And those video doorbells as well, I use them mm -hmm. because, yeah, it's a little different and sometimes it can be a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, but there have been times where I've been able to speak to somebody who wasn't even home because they can answer with that video doorbell on their phone. That's true. Or on their computer. And I've been able to invite them to church. I've had good experiences with people who, no, I'm actually on vacation. And I'm like, well, when you come back in town, come give us a visit. Oh, yeah, that's great. So I ring a lot more often, and it bypasses that secondary door. Yeah. If they don't have a doorbell or if I can tell in pressing the doorbell that it doesn't work, I never open right. any door. Yeah. I never do that. But I don't like how the those screen doors rattle. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll kind of push the door closed so that it doesn't rattle when I knock. Yeah. Uh, so I'll push it closed with one and kind of hold it still, and then I'll knock on the, on the edge. Um, and that seems to get things uh, going. I always try to find some type of what I call an icebreaker as I walk up to the door, which is something that I learned when I was uh, selling door-to-door. -door. Find something where you can open a conversation with that person. You mentioned their car. Maybe it's a really nice car. Yeah. Maybe it's a car that I've had before or I'm looking to get. Maybe it's a motorcycle. Maybe it's golf clubs in the, in the garage or a military flag hanging, yeah. Um, or the best icebreaker, the best icebreaker that seems to break down every single wall is if they have kids. If they have kids and they run up to a door, I talk to the kids. When the parent is around, okay, that's, right. that's the only time I will skip a door is if there's kids outside and, hey, are your parents home? And they say, no, I'm walking right yeah, past. Yeah, just keep on going. But anyways, if, if kids come, Look, look at his, look at his shirt. You know, is he wearing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt? Start talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja right. Turtles a little bit. Right. Just little things to show, look, I'm not just here to push something. I, I, I want to be kind. I'm, I'm your neighbor, I'm your neighbor down the street who wants to tell you about my church. That's mm -hmm. really all I am. Um, so all these little things are really good. I think something practical too that, and we'll, we'll get into this later in another, or another podcast, but um, you're not always going to be able to get all the way through in this situation with, you know, presenting the gospel, you know, somebody getting saved. You, you quoted from the, from the book of Acts and it just, it jogged, jogged something in my head about, um, you know, Jesus is saying, he says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Um, we, we have to remember that, especially when we're spiritually prepared, um, that God's always working. Mm -hmm. It's not going to return void. We may not see a certain thing happen, but that seed's always being planted at some level or another. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that you might be able to speak to somebody through a video doorbell, mm -hmm. we may look at that as, oh man, they're, they're not home. Hey, maybe that's a little blessing right there. Mm -hmm. you, you Like you said, these people, in their mind, they're thinking, okay, wow, these people, you know, they, they didn't just you know, bang on my door mm -hmm. for an hour and or just leave a bunch of stuff. I mean, they, they saw I had the doorbell, they, they rung it, I I, I answered, we had a conversation. Um, they might like that. There's mm -hmm. some respect there. It, it, at the end of the day, at a minimum, we've put in their mind that 
um, we're out here uh, because we're just we're sharing what we believe in, and, and we love people, mm-hmm. and, and I think they'll recognize that. And so, just something I wanted to kind of bring up um, as as we get practical and we talk about approaching a door. Um, there's many cases you're not going to get very far. There may not be anybody home. You mm-hmm. might not be able to talk to anybody. Um, that's okay. God God knows that that we're that we're going out and we have a purpose. And that comes full circle, I think, to the end where all these practical things are are very important. What tools you carry, how to walk up to a door. But at the end of the day, what is important is that you are right with God, that you have the right desire, Mm -hmm. that you have a love for people, that you have spent time in prayer so that you can partner with the Holy Spirit and let him do his work. We... We are either soul warning or we are soul winning. We can never win a soul. The Holy, the Holy Spirit is the one who wins souls. Yeah. Uh, but we are certainly going out and warning people about what is going on like God talked to uh, Ezekiel about. So there's really no way that you can lose when you go out and you witness. Um, be spiritually prepared and the Holy Spirit can even make up a little bit of your deficiencies if you're not as mentally prepared. Yeah or not as practically prepared as you should be. If the Holy Spirit is in it, he's going to work. And when he works, he just doesn't fail, ever. (laughs) So making sure you see the importance of practical preparation, the importance of mental preparation, but never, ever putting that above the spiritual preparation. Yeah, and I would just just echo what you said. Uh, I remember when we were doing these these lessons with with everyone in the church, Saturday mornings before we went out. Uh, and I think the most important thing was uh, in order to be able to win souls, you have to go. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we want to be as spiritually and practically prepared as, as possible. Um, but the proclivity then is we have to be there. Mm-hmm. So uh, what I would say to not only you know members of Heritage Baptist Church is that we have a corporate time that we go out. Uh, if you have never come come and be a part of that. Uh, it's a very special time. Uh, if you're not a member of Heritage Baptist Church and maybe you have another church you go to or, or even if you don't, um, you nailed it on the head when you said the, the best ability you can have is the availability. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, go. You can learn the other stuff as you as you go along, uh, but be there. Uh, be available to God um, and, and you'll be amazed at, at what he'll do and how he'll use you. Mm-hmm.